truth. 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 Welcome to Trusting the Truth with Samuel Tolley, where we view the world through the lens of Jesus Christ. We do not view Jesus Christ through the lens of the world. How you doing? This is Samuel Tolley, Trusting the Truth. Today's topic is don't change the bottom. As we are getting deep into the month of June, many folks like to call this Pride Month. Unfortunately, well, actually, you know, it's apropos they call it Pride Month because the Bible designates pride in the more common sense of sin. And these people are celebrating sin in a big way. But this topic that we're dealing with today about don't change the bottom, just for those that might think something strange, I don't want you to change the top either. But yes, we're talking about the changing of sexual organs, the changing of the, well, the mutilation of sexual organs would be a better term. Um, we have these people with this weird mindset that they think that they can change their body. All they can do is mutilate it. But I think it's very important that we should hear from the president, our, our commander in chief, uh, the person who in fact is supposed to lead the country. And before uh, he became president, he made a startling statement that you should look at and listen to. Let's check this out for a second. Hold on. The idea that an eight-year-old child or a 10-year-old child decides, you know, I decided I want to be transgender. That's what I think I'd like to be. It may make my life a lot easier. There should be zero discrimination. And what's happening is too many transgender women of color are being murdered. They're being murdered. I mean, I think it's up to now 17. Don't hold me to that number, but it's it's it's, it's, it's higher now. Yeah. And that's just this year. And so I promise you, there is no reason to suggest that there should be any right denied your daughter or daughters, whichever one or two, one, one yeah. your daughter, that your other daughter has a right to be and do none, zero. I just noticed something about this clip that I didn't notice before. I mean, it's obvious that Mr. Biden is sitting over talking about a child should be able to decide what to do with their body. A child who cannot even legally buy tobacco, which is uh, the, the age is 18 in most states that I'm aware of, and he certainly can't buy alcohol. A child that can't even get, as far as I know, a driver's license before they're 15 and a half years old. At least that was a case, a driver's permit in the state of California when I was learning how to drive. But he thinks that they should have the right or the, the, the mindset to go ahead and change their, their sexual uh, apparatus. Now, this is insanity. But the thing that he said that I didn't notice before was he conflated the ongoing democratic racist 
uh, ideology about black people in there. How did black people get involved in that? He started talking about, well, transgender black women have been murdered. Well, I'm sure that there's been transgender white women or some other women that's been murdered. And what he failed to say is that many of these people that were murdered were pretending to, do, to be men. And they fooled real men. They had real men thinking that they were women. And these men thought they were going to have a sexual encounter with a woman to come find out that they ran into somebody else that had a bat and balls. Now, <clears throat> that could be traumatic. That could be very traumatic, particularly for a, a man that has no proclivities to the same sex. But here, Mr. Biden, uh, he, he conflated that with his insane, and I say his insane, attitude about children should be able to do this. Now, unfortunately, we're in a society uh, that has embraced this. And I, I think many people just thought, oh, well, you know, Joe's just talking uh, back in 20 uh, when he was saying this kind of nonsense. But no, Joe was serious. And now people are either stuck with it or they're so locked into their ideology that it doesn't matter to them or worse yet is I think they say, well, my kid ain't going to be a part of that. So I'm, I'm not worried about it. And everybody should be worried about it because this is helping destroy this nation. We're not even meeting our reproduction rate of at least 2.1 child uh, per um, female. For every female and male that has a child, you know, that are born, we need two people to replace them. So we got this ongoing slaughter of babies by abortion. And on top of that, we have uh, less than uh, the, the, the quota of those having babies to have two. And while we're encouraging uh, transgenderism and homosexuality, people to mate with folks of the same sex, well, I don't care what you are. You can pretend like you're a woman all day long, but if two men have sex, they're never going to have a child. Neither will two women. And we're just helping to precipitate the destruction of this nation. I believe it was several years ago that in Japan, they were really scared because they were underpopulated as far as reproducing. But get back on topic. Mr. Biden thinks a child should be able to make a decision. Well, let me show you a picture of a child that uh, was making a decision. This picture of this person sitting on this bed is the same person that's holding the picture of themselves. This is Jazz Jenny. That little boy, uh, his mother thought that he wanted to be a girl. And from my understanding, if my research is correct and I read the information properly, he was three years old when they went to a therapist, when they went to get help. And, and, and this therapist, while he was three, three years old, they determined that this person or this young man 
was uh, actually a girl. So what they decided to do was to start dressing him as a girl at age three. By age 11, they started introducing puberty blockers and hormones into him. So when puberty was going to kick in, they started transitioning his body female right away. You know, this, this is like a mad scientist ex experiment. Come 17, uh, by the time he was 17 is when he had full surgery, upper and lower. So I believe Jazz Jennings is 22 now. And there's a reality TV show. This person has been growing up in this reality TV show. I assume that the show helps finance all the operations uh, that are necessary to maintain this, this, this look. Well, he doesn't look like that anymore, or she doesn't look like that, whichever you prefer. But the fact of it is, is I saw a clip of the video some time ago, and, it, and, and the information on the clip coincides with other videos and I've seen of people that have transitioned from male to female. And one of the major problems they have, even if the surgeries work, if all this stuff, if you don't have infections, if you don't have anything else, they have the problem of vaginal closing. And they have to stick something in there constantly to keep it from closing the body no matter how they reconstruct the body the body is constantly trying to heal itself so in order to prevent this vagina this artificial man-made vagina from from falling apart or excuse me from closing up like a wound they have to put something in there and keep it in there many times and i and i heard that i guess it was frustrating for Jazz Jennings, just like life in certain contexts have been frustrated for Jazz Jennings because of his desire as a woman to pursue normal relationships, which most normal men want nothing to do with. There was a recent article about Jazz Jennings that I'll share with you before we move on. Now let's take a look at this. I am jazz. Let me clear the screen so we have no distractions. Okay. So here we are. I am jazz Jennings says she feels uncomfortable and was caught off guard by dates comments. So this is dated February of this year. Back on the market, jazz Jennings admitted that she fell out of her element and was caught off guard by a date's comment. In a teaser clip for the Tuesday, February 7th episode of I Am Jazz, shared by People, the TLC personality, 22, went on a double date with a man named Dayron, her brother, Sandra Jennings, and his girlfriend. During the outing, which marked Jazz's first date in four years, Okay, the group took private dance lessons. 
Dayron seemed to take a liking to the instructor, Myra, a Maria, and encouraged Jazz to copy the dancer by doing a hair flip. However, the transgender activist admitted that she didn't like her date putting her on the spot. I'm getting a little uncomfortable because Maria does her hair flip and Dayron is kind of like Jazz. You do it. You do it she said during the confessional. After Dayron tried to get Jazz to perform in the center of the dance floor, he told her that he didn't understand why she was nervous. His remarks caused the reality star to start overthinking her reactions and made her worry that she was projecting negative emotions on the date. Hearing Dayron say, I seem nervous kind of takes me off guard, she told the cameras, because now I just feel uncomfortable. Following her split with Amir Stewart in 2019, I, like I said, I never followed this show. I don't know what Dayron's proclivities are or what Omir's proclivities are. I assume that these people must know that they're dealing with a man. Uh, that portrays himself as a woman uh, because of this genital mutilation. Jazz seemingly took a break from dating. However, she is now motivated to put herself out there again. While promoting season eight, it's been eight seasons of this. So, so here this person is. I mean, this must be, I mean, in my mind, it's like horrific. It's watching, it's like the world watching a Frankenstein experiment going on. Or people just watching your life as you emotionally try to change your life, uh, you're, 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 you're under the microscope. While promoting season eight of I Am Jazz, she told people that the new episodes will feature storylines about her love life and where she's going with that. Viewers will also get a glimpse of her struggles of dating as a transgender person. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure there are struggles dating as a transgender. This is more of a picture of what Jazz looks like now. She, he is heavily obese. And frankly, from the last photos that I've seen before, this one doesn't do it any justice. I don't know if that's the chemicals, um, that the hormones and the drugs and the surgeries that this person is going through, or if this is a byproduct of, they say, overeating or what. I wish people understood that dating as a trans person is really hard because transgender people are immediately judged and ostracized for who they are, she told the outlet. Well, yes, everyone is judged for who they are. Heterosexual people are judged of who they are. You go on a blind date and you meet some chick the first time, you might like her. She might think that you're crap. She might like you and you might think that she's crap. Everybody judges everybody. I don't care what you are. But men or boys, when they go out to meet a woman or a girl, they expect to meet a woman or girl. They are not looking to meet anything else. Period. 
let's go down here and finish this up. The Florida native added that she wished people were more emphatic and accepting and loving when it comes to understanding what it is like for a trans person to date. I wish people could be like, you know what? I don't care that you're transgender. You're just a woman to me. You're beautiful, and I see that in you. No. Now you, she, this person is asking us to suspend reality, asking us to act like reality doesn't exist. If you suspend, well, we have a world now that's trying to suspend reality, and they want us to believe this facade. But those of us that are dedicated to the truth will not suspend reality. We're not going to do it. And it's stupid to ask somebody to suspend reality. If I go into the bank and say, look, I want to withdraw $100,000 because I believe I have a million dollars on deposit. Um, the teller will look and check out the account. Uh, no, Mr. Tolly, we don't show that. I said, I understand. I, I understand that you don't show that, but that's what I believe. That's that's my truth, and I need you to accept my truth. Well, the teller is going to tell me we can't. You know, I could be your truth all day long, but we're not going to give you money that's not yours. And so the fact of it is, is we're sitting over here telling people to believe stuff <coughs> that ain't real. Or not me. There are folks out there trying to tell people to believe stuff that ain't real. And unfortunately for this individual, if people would suspend reality and go with the facade of the imagination that's been perpetrated in her life and her parents are the ones that created this problem. Now she, Jazz Jennings has to live with it. And it's horrible. I wish people could be like, you know what? I don't care that you're transgender. You're just a woman to me. You're beautiful. And I see that in you, Jazz said. One of the people that I date on the show, they express that. That they accept me for being a woman. Well, that person decided to suspend reality. I mean, what else can I say? That's the decision that, uh, um, excuse me, let me get that side of here. That's the decision that person made. But why should we as normal human beings, and when I say normal, I'm saying that we were made in the image of God and we decided not to suspend reality. Well, this is going to be a struggle for Jazz Jennings all of his life. And I want to show you another person. Now, Jazz Jennings was a boy who tried to transition as a woman and as a female. And as far as I'm concerned, it was not Jazz Jennings' fault. He was a little kid. But Kelly King, a 42-year-old woman, who had three children decided to do this as well, decided to transition as a man. Kelly King, who by all accounts was not an unattractive woman, 
Here's a picture of Kelly King. It's not out close. I have a closer shot. I'll show you in a second. Kelly King um, decided to change her life because she felt that she was in the wrong body. But Kelly King was a full grown woman. But it seems obvious to me that she was suffering from mental illness because you are who you are. But now Kelly King regrets what she did. And she goes by the name of Scott Nugent. And I want to show you an interview that Scott Nugent had with the British press. Frankly, I have three videos from Great Britain. Um, and I think that they are all telling. And, 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 and like I said, the topic is don't change the bottom. Look at the problems that Kelly King, a.k.a. Scott Nugent, talks about in this interview. Thank you so much. Uh, for joining me. I mean, I, you know, I came across you, by, found you on Twitter and all the other things, and I just, your message really resonated with me. And I feel that it's something that we need to share with people so they understand that somebody who's 42 got caught into this, that the damage <clears throat> they're doing to the children. But t tell me a little bit about your story. Well, <clears throat> my story is not unlike most stories. Um, at 42, I was kind of in a in a vulnerable place. I have always been kind of a dominant person uh, in everything that I've ever done. And I was married to a woman that used to say over the years, you know, you do that just like a, a man. You were born in the wrong body. Or my sister would say, you know what, you're the perfect husband. Although I didn't look or I wasn't butch. I just I had that really dominant personality. And I came to a, a vulnerable place in my life, you know, watching Jazz Jennings and all that kind of stuff. And casually I said, God, I wonder if I'm born in the wrong body. And within a couple of days, I was sitting in front of a trans woman. And one of the first things that she said to me was, well, how long have you been dressing like a man? And trust me, I mean, I had a business, female business, so you can't be super butch in, and be an executive. You just can't. And uh, but that sentence at that time just absolutely shattered me into the idea of total and complete mortification that I was born in the wrong body and I didn't know it. And I, everybody knew it but me. So it was kind of horrible for, you know, a couple of weeks thinking, man, I'm, I'm kind of stupid. And then after that, I started to kind of change my life from what it would have been like if I was born a boy, uh, then a girl. My father played professional sports. I probably would have played professional sports as if I was a man. I probably would have done all these things. I would have been lifted on whatever platform that people say they want in a boy. I was athletic. You know, just all that stuff. And so as I go through all those challenges in my life, you know, being gay, dealing with that, never wanting to do that, I thought, well, God, maybe I am born in the wrong body. And it was at that moment that nobody could take that away from me. That's that's how I started to transition. Worrying about that moment is that a lot of young people are sort of saying, oh, well, maybe I'm in the wrong body and they're young. So they may be teenagers, they may be, you know, prepubescent, and, and they're going through that. And then adults, 
are kind of verifying and sort of giving them the feeling that maybe they are and then starting the process. So this mm -hmm. started you on a process. And what was the first thing that you did in that process when you felt, OK, that when you'd heard that and it resonated with you, you thought, right, what was the first thing you did? Well, it was it was God, within a couple of weeks I was on um, I was on hormones and the doctor said something to me that I probably should have paid attention to. But I was in that I was in that idea that, hey, I get to fit, you know, I'm, I don't have to be a lesbian. I don't have to. The first thing people say to me is, why are you a lesbian? You know, you're a decent looking woman. You can get a man. I mean, the whole your whole life is surrounded by that. And I thought, God, maybe that will make that go away. And so uh, from that point. The doctor told me that, hey, we really don't know how much hormones to give you. We don't know. It's never been studied. We do have to uh, give you massive amounts to kind of basically turn down your estrogen and then turn up your testosterone so you have a testosterone-driven body. So we're not giving kids just a little bit of, of testosterone. I mean, they have to give like three times more to, to kids wow. that are suicidal. Um, and, and it just keeps going down from there. So you said in the beginning that I almost died for medical transition, and I did. And it puts me in a very very different situation with the fact that I have three kids uh, that are at the age that these children are thinking that they're transgender on top of doing it on top of researching it and trying to save my own life. And here's the thing that is very, very interesting to me. And that is there are only seven studies that say the medicalization of children is beneficial. And every single one of them has been retracted with oops, we're sorry, doesn't work or not enough time to say if it's beneficial or not. Now we do have one long-term study and that study tells us that us trans are most suicidal, not before, after seven to 10 years, because it's a process, right? You get that, oh, I get to fit in. Uh, and then when you get to the done, you don't have anything else to do. You kind of look left and right and go, well, that didn't help. And then you have to go, hey, I, I still have to work on the inside. And that's why these kids are so insistent. It's because they are different. And that's what I would tell parents, any child that says that they're transgender. First of all, transgender is cosmetic surgery. It doesn't fix anything. Uh, all the studies say it makes mental health worse. Uh, the health complications are absolutely, they're astronomical. They're finding that girls' spines aren't fusing together, early onset osteoporosis for a process that actually makes mental health worse. Sometimes, just sitting in my office, I just look and I just think there's going to be somebody that comes out at any moment and say, you're on candid camera. We're not medical chances and kids. <laughs> you dork. I mean, it's that wrong that mm. I mean, I don't understand why people don't get it. And the reason why they don't get it is because uh, the mainstream media is not getting it out. You know, that video that I have on my Twitter, yeah. that video that has like four million views yeah. that had over 4 million views. Now, I've been kicked off of Twitter six times uh, since Elon has taken over. It's the reason why we're having a shift is that people are allowed to put their opinions up. That video just is on fire. 4 million people mm. have uh, watched that video. And that video was basically talking to the media, telling them, shame on you. All you're doing is calling the senator over here a bigot instead of looking at the facts. And, well, you've seen it. And would you be surprised to know that not one, one journalist reached out to me. Now, I did get uh, Brittany Bailey to make fun of me, uh, but th that's it. That's it. Well, and well, so I'm glad. society doesn't know what's happening. Well, I'm really glad I reached out to you because I, I really was moved by that video. And I want to I ask you, so what were your complications then? Because you said you almost died. What happened to you? Mm -hmm. why, why did you almost die? Well, 
Well, there were some problems with the with the surgery. First of all, uh, I got my uh, bladder nicked one of my first uh, surgeries. Um, I didn't have much problem until I got to the end, uh, and which was you know blood stuff and having to be on blood thinners, and it, it does affect your heart and all that kind of stuff. Until I had a, a bottom surgery, and the bottom surgery. Uh, basically after that surgery that I now know I should have never gotten because I have blood issues. I had a pulmonary embolism uh, that induced a stress heart attack. Mm -hmm. After that, um, it was actually one of the biggest heart attacks in the state of Kansas, by the way, uh, in the state of te uh, Texas, by the way. And after that, I found out that I had a ligament sticking through my arm. No, I had no clue. I went to the doctor, the trans, you know, trans doctor, and he's like, oh, no, you're fine. The next day I'm in surgery for that. I go back to the doctor and, you know, I show him something here that I have an infection in this, you know, side where they put that tube in. He says, oh, you're great. I'm in an ambulance two days later uh, with sepsis. Then I started to feel better. And then I started to feel like hell. Um, and nobody could help me. I lost my insurance. Uh, my transgender surgeon in, in Texas, he had nine medical malpractice cases against him in, in California, banned from conducting surgery in San Francisco, moves to Texas where they have a tort reform act and our governor takes millions from gender clinics. Um, he, he basically, I was in, in and out of the hospital. He never put me in the hospital. And I spent 17 months with a reoccurring infection. Um, and that reoccurring infection got so bad uh, that I lost everything. That's how I lost everything. How I know it's experimental is because I had to figure out what was wrong with me first. Second of all, I had to get on state-funded insurance because I lost everything. I couldn't find anybody in the state that I was in that knew what to do with me. Oh, it's experimental. Um, and they found that I had six inches of hair on the inside of my urethra. So that caused a 17-month infection. Towards the end, I was still working so I could get insurance, but I had an, like an IV sick tube in my arm. Before I went to work, I would, I would go get an IV antibiotics for 30 days. On the weekends, I would check myself from the hospital and then check myself out uh, because I didn't have insurance. Nobody would help me. With it. It's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. And, and, and finally, so because we're running out of time, in terms of maintaining this whole thing, is there a lot of maintenance in it? Because people think you've had the surgery, now you can just go away. Or do, what, what do you have to do? Do you have to take drugs no. every day? What, what, we've got about a minute left. What, what, what's your... Okay, no. Uh, as far as the surgeries, the bottom surgeries, they're notorious for bladder infections. Um, they do become life-saving after antibiotics don't work anymore. So reoccurring bla uh, bladder infections are one. Um, heart issues lung issues. You have to be on synthetic hormones if you have a full, complete, 100 uh, percent transition. So there are enormous amounts of health issues for a process that makes mental health worse. It's like I said, I'm, I'm on candid camera. I'm waiting for him to pop out any time. Has it shortened your life? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It has uh, testosterone and cross-sex hormones actually shorten your life 10 to, to 15 percent. That's a that's a fact. But I have congestive heart failure from my heart attack. I have, um, you know, lung damage. Uh, I get reoccurring infections still. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to be here very long. Do you wish you hadn't done it? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, medical transition doesn't fix anything. And, and unfortunately, uh, people don't realize that. And the people with true gender gender dysphoria, which is a serious, serious mental illness, those are the ones that are killing themselves at seven to 10 years because those are the people that are being medically transitioned for a delusion. It's the people that know it's cosmetic surgery that do halfway decent. Mm. Okay, well, listen, if people want to follow your work and what you're doing, do you have, where, where can they find you? 
Well, Trey Voices, trevoices.org. I'm on a tour right now in the state, state to state, bill to bill, got seven uh, bills passed. Um, I'm thinking of going to the UK if anybody knows how to put something together. People need to hear this. And unfortunately, um, yeah. Come to the UK. The media's not doing it. We'll try and get it fixed, and, but yeah. you'll come to GB News first, yeah? Scott, it's really Absolutely. good to talk to you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Scott. It's really good to talk to you. Take care. We'll, we'll hopefully see right. you soon. Thank you very much. That is Scott Nugent. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know where to begin with this one. Here, let me, I want to set this, I want to set this second one up before I get ready to go into that one. Uh, wow. So this guy, excuse me, this is a woman. This is the blonde that I showed prior to the video that at 42 decided to go through this transition. And now she understands that what was really happening with her was mental illness. And so she had upper and lower surgery. So they, they, they formulated some kind of weird way to take the clitoris without me getting graphic and use some kind of testosterone um, and enlarge it and recreate it, but a little bit. I mean, it's nothing that could be like a normal male penis. It doesn't, from what I understand, erect, and it's only a very small thing and, and I guess if it works properly you're able to achieve a bit of satisfaction but nevertheless what Kelly King aka Scott Nugent just talked about this person has been going through hell talking about this procedure could lead to osteoporosis which is the brittle of your bones your bones start breaking uh, fusing of the spine of women, as he says. And the, you know, he said it could be a lifetime on synthetic hormones. And he, I mean, he, he acknowledges that you could lose 10 to 15% of your life expectancy because of this procedure. And what's really stood out to me is he said that he had six inches of hair inside his urethra. Now, for those who do not understand what the urethra is, that is the canal in which you urinate. Hair is not supposed to be inside of it. And for six inches, hair six inches long in that thing? And, 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 our medical establishment has the nerve to call what they're doing to people uh, gender-affirming care. And going back to that little boy who we saw earlier, who has been brainwashed by his parents, or his mother at least, I don't know where the father is, and maybe that's why. And now he's living his life in torment because he can't get a decent life 
I want to give you a, a biblical warning for those of you that have mistreated the gift of life that God has given you. It says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 6, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Now, that sounds bad, which it is. We can equate it to a modern day uh, that whoever did some stuff like that, he can be lined up on a firing squad and shot, or he can be hung by a tree. But notice what Jesus said. He didn't say that was the end of the situation. He said it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. That would be better. Let me see if I can translate this. Meaning that at death, your punishment don't end. It's going to be a continuous, everlasting torment through the bowels of hell itself. For you who mistreat who steer wrongly into the demonic arms of Satan or whatever, uh, God's creation. Because in Psalms 139, I believe it is 13, it talks about how God created the child in the womb. And we have the nerve to say that God was wrong. Who were we? Where does the clay have that power? So... I want to move on to our next video. And this is another one from the UK. And this one, you know, we just watched Scott Nugent, who was born a woman or a female and had three children as a woman. And by the way, uh, Nugent or Kelly, whatever, said he was homosexual or a lesbian or whatever. So he must have gotten together with a man to have those children. And I think he's still mentally out of there somewhat, but he understands that, or she understands that she shouldn't have never did what he, she did. But now we're going to look at a man who decided to become a woman and then decided to come back and be a man again. Let's take a look at this. Whoops. Sorry about that, folks. Wrong clip. Now, my next guest shares the gut-wrenching story of someone who went through hell and back in a desperate bid to cure his childhood trauma. Billy Burley transitioned from being a biological male to a trans woman after being encouraged to change gender by the U.S. medical establishment. Does that sound familiar to you? He suffered seven years of grueling surgeries under the promise it would cure him of deep-rooted depression but still never found the happiness he was promised, resulting in him detransitioning. Now, after finding faith in God and finally feeling comfortable in his own skin, Billy has a stark warning for the nearly 8,000 children awaiting NHS gender identity treatment in the UK and their parents who think going down the trans path will magically cure them of their troubles. I'm delighted to say that Billy joins me now. Hi, Billy. Hey, Mark. 
a privilege to have you on the show. Can I start by asking you what traumas you were trying to heal when you transitioned into a woman? The traumas that I had as a uh, child is I had this reoccurring thought, and it started in the fifth grade, that God made a mistake. I'm a girl. And that's the exact thought that plagued me for all of my younger life into adulthood. And that thought actually um, plagued me so much that I, I had to deal with it, Mark. I had to deal with it, and a lot of people may turn to maybe drugs, alcohol, something, but I actually turned uh, to working out as hard as I could to move the pain out of my mind and into my body. And that worked for a number of years. But Mark, when I uh, got into college, uh, you could say all of that closet that I pushed all of my emotions into the door blew off the hinges. And at that point, I, I had to start surgeries. Or at that point, I actually uh, um, sought help for my mental condition. Would you say, looking back on it, that your decision to transition into becoming um, a female, uh, was someone else's decision or was it yours? The situation that I had, because I transitioned back around 2000, when I sought help from the mental health community, um, I went in saying, I want to be healed with, uh, I, I want to stay man, I want to be healed, but I got this battle that is going on in my mind. And after five years of trying to deal with that battle, I told the therapist that I wanted to transition. I did a lot of reading in, in books, journal articles. I tried to learn what was the cause and what was the solution for my problem. And everything that I read told me that I had to transition, that I possibly had a birth defect, that my mind, when I was in uterine, was washed with the wrong hormones. And to fix that birth defect, I had to change my body to match my mind. And when I told my therapist, after five years of seeing her and trying to fix my problems, that that's what I wanted to do, she gave me a hug and she told me, Billy, I knew you were going to arrive at this decision one day. I didn't know it was going to take you this long. And uh, she said, we will walk this road together. And she gave me the letters I needed to go to start on testosterone blocker, on estrogen, and to start the transition process. So it was uh, my decision. But once I made that decision at that point, uh, she embraced me and helped me uh, through the complete transition. Uh, so therefore, the safeguarding that looking back on it, you needed was not there. Um, what procedures did you have done? You've mentioned uh, hormonal treatment, but you've had operations as well, haven't you, Billy? A great number of them, Mark. The very first operation I had was actually a, um, uh, a penal inversion. And in that very first surgery, I also had a brow shave and an Adam's apple shave. And after coming out of the operating room, the surgeons and uh, the nurses could not stop the bleeding from my new artificial female genitalia. 
They had to put more gauze into the cavity. They had to put a sandbag on my lower abdomen. I also had to receive a blood transfusion and plasma. So my scheduled two-week stay in the hospital for that procedure turned into a three-week stay. And very fortunately, I'm still here. The bleeding did stop, and I was able to recover from that surgery. Then after that surgery, I had a number of other surgeries, including, Mark, voice feminization surgery. And in that surgery, after the surgeon uh, took a knife and and uh, uh, cut my throat and uh, got to my uh, vocal cords, he tied sutures around my vocal cords, and I was in twilight sleep. So for that surgery, Mark, I had to actually come out of the anesthesia to wake up some, and I had to speak while the surgeon actually tightened the sutures uh, so that he could adjust the tightness so that I would uh, achieve a higher pitch voice. And so I went through all of these surgeries believing what uh, the therapist conveyed to me, what the journal article said, and that I would eventually find my peace as soon as my body uh, matched my mind. And Mark, I didn't find it. It was never there. After seven years of trying, it just wasn't there. It, it didn't happen. And, and you don't have male genitalia now, do you, even though you've transitioned back to being male? With uh, surgery, I've had that body part removed and the theory that that would make me happy and flat out. It did not make me happy, and uh, mm-hmm. very fortunate because I'm I'm married now. I have two step uh, daughters, and um, but you could say that I'm not a functioning male, a man in that respect. It's well, I'm gone. very happy for you that you're so happily married now, and those uh, stepdaughters. I'm sure they adore their stepfather, and I congratulate you on your journey. Uh, you found the faith and love of God. I know you're in a. I know you're in a really good place now. And you found the peace that surgery didn't give you. So big congratulations on your journey. You look brilliant. Uh, I know that my viewers and listeners will just be absolutely on the edge of their seat listening to your story. Um, Can I ask you what you would say to any young people in this country, in the UK, uh, watching or listening, who are considering transitioning or their families? What would your message be, Billy? Do not do it. Absolutely. Do not do this. I have made many mistakes. And coming back and transitioning back to male, I've actually have identified some of my problems that I had as as a kid. Because being very skinny, uh, having a speech impediment, um, being dyslexic, turning words around in my mind and not learning how to read until much later in life, I learned that I had a lot of trouble as as a kid. And instead of having gender dysphoria, out and out, I had dysphoria. I was a confused young kid. And that confusion manifested its way uh, into gender dysphoria. And I was trying to find acceptance, significance, and security by changing my body to match my mind. And that was wrong because, uh, Mark, also I was sexually abused when I was in the sixth grade. So that contributed to my problems as well. So 
I have talked to a number of other detransitioners and also people who haven't detransitioned. And what I have learned, including myself as a data point, is that we have problems as kids, as children, and we don't deal with them. So the mental health professionals, instead of doing gender-affirming therapy, uh, should be doing uh, trauma therapy to help children deal with the childhood traumas that we carry into adulthood. Uh, Our acceptance, significance, and security is not found by chopping off body parts. We need help. We need therapy, not gender-affirming therapy. Uh, Billy Burley, I and my viewers and listeners are humbled to hear your story. Uh, You've got amazing courage to come on the national television airwaves to to tell your story. And uh, on behalf of my viewers and listeners, we wish you well. Uh, We wish you every happiness and your family in the future. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Billy Burley there with, uh, with quite the story. Wow. I mean... This this man went through five years of therapy, and I would bet a dollar to a dime that his therapist never said a word about a biblical worldview, never said a word about what God says, that God made them male and female, that God made them in his own image, that God doesn't make mistakes. And this therapist, after five years of probably taking the money, well, I guess in the great, I don't know. Yeah, I think he was in Great Britain. The other guy was in the United States uh, taking the, uh, you know, his salary or her salary or whatever, yeah, her salary. Uh, probably just sat over there and listening to Billy uh, toss his mind back and forth and then waited for Billy to decide, okay, I'm a girl, and, and then applaud him on that decision and then we're going to walk you through this instead of saying well, wait a minute billy if you do this there's no coming back i mean if you do this that that body part is gone once you get rid of it it's gone i mean billy talked about shaving his adam's apple he talked about in order to get this feminization voice that he had to get his throat cut and be in a semi-twilight sleep, like sometimes Genesis puts you in a twilight sleep. But he had to be somewhat conscious so he could speak while the, the doctor, the surgeon, tightened his vocal cords to get his pitch up higher. I mean, the lengths that these people will go through to disfigure you. I mean, it's, 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 it's mind boggling and never consider the fact that what's really going on is in your head. I mean, the state of California made a law where it's illegal, flat out illegal to give anybody under 18 therapy. I think that they made us through this illegal period, but I know under 18 that you cannot 
get these children that are having gender dysphoria therapy. And, you know, gender dysphoria, this is some new stuff. This, this thing didn't exist 10, 20 years ago. Where'd this come from? While we're in Pride Month, where did it come from? I believe it came from us opening the doors of Satan. Opening, you know, when the homosexual, LBGT, and, and all the homosexual folks don't believe in the transgender stuff. I acknowledge that. <clears throat> but when the church let its guard down and, and, and we allowed politicians to take office that did not have a biblical worldview, like Barack Hussein Obama, who destroyed marriage in the United States, like Joe Biden, however he got the 81 million votes or whatever. These politicians are anti-God, or you might as well call them just small antichrists. We opened the door and allowed debauchery and evil to come out, and it metastasized like a cancer, just completely engulfed society. And so we... so. You know, we may not have known the damage except for the COVID situation that locked down people and they stayed home and had to watch what their children were watching the schools on TV. And then we got to find out that our children were being indoctrinated because as much as the LBGTQ plus or as Whitlock, like it's called the alphabet mafia, I uh, like to say that you're just born this way. They have to recruit more recruits because they don't create babies biologically. You know, those folks that have sex with the same sex or destroy their own capacity to procreate, they can't produce children. So they have to take from us, our children, and they're indoctrinating them now as young as kindergarten. Why do you think they have kindergarten sex education? And this idea that drag queen story hour is now normal. Since when is it normal for grown men to be dressed up as women in the first place? And then grown men dressed up as women parading around, gyrating around little kids. All that stuff feeds into this evil mindset. All that stuff helps society crumble. You know, right now, they want to normalize uh, transgenderism like it's just another person. Just like this Jazz Jennings person said, uh, why can't, I wish people could be like, you know, I don't care that you're transgender. You're just a woman to me. You're beautiful. They want us to, they want this to be normal. The next thing they're going to do is say, well, you know, pedophilia is normal. Why can't, I mean, if, oh, if, if, if President Biden can sit over here and say eight-year-olds should be able to decide if they want to cut their penises off and have their breasts removed, why can't they have sex with grown folks? I mean, if you're going to, think along those terms logically it makes sense i mean if they can if they can mutilate their bodies why can't they do anything else they want to do with their bodies 
That's coming up next if we don't grab a hold of this mess. And then as we continue to go down the drain, then it'll be full-fledged bestiality. Why can't you marry your dog or your dogs? Have sex with goats and sheep and anything else you want to stick yourself into or get stuck into you. We need to grab a hold of society. We need to stop the evil. We need to wake up, take a deep breath, get on our knees, and tell the Lord we're sorry. This stuff is evil. And those of us with a biblical mindset should never, ever, ever, ever submit to it, no matter the cost, no matter the outcome, no matter what they threaten us with. You know, for not for our sake, for our children, our grandchildren, and generations that haven't even come into the world yet, we need to fight this thing and put the brakes on all of it. This is Sam Tolley, and I'm out.